All right. Greetings, brothers and sisters. We praise the Lord for his goodness and for his mercy. We thank God for uh, all the things that he uh, has done for us. We are very appreciative of every opportunity that the Lord Jesus Christ gives us to be able to come together, to study his word, um, and to uh, to grow in his word and in our walk with him. That's very important. The word of God is, um, is given to us to help us grow. So our walk with the Lord, we should be improving, okay? So we, we shouldn't be losing ground or anything like that or becoming more worldly. That That's not, no. So if you find yourself um, falling into that, um, you know, something obviously is, is wrong and it's not the word of God. Um, it has to do with um, um, the way we are implementing it or the lack thereof. Usually it's the lack thereof. Um, you cannot, once you are saved, you can't carry forward with you the uh, the worldly uh, behaviors. Those things have to change. They have to be let go of. Amen. When God saves you out of stuff, you're not supposed to continue in the, the, the same stuff that he saved you out of. That that um, that would uh, defeat the purpose of, of salvation. Amen. Um, because salvation, the point of salvation is to rescue you out of something, right? Now, what do we get rescued out of? Well, our old life, our old way of, of um, doing things, um, the things that are anti-God, we're rescued from our sin. Amen. Amen. We're rescued from, from that. Okay. And, and, and now that we've been rescued, then he did, then the, the, the new agenda is to move forward is to walk in the, the freedom that, um, that being rescued allows you. Now, the thing you need to understand about that is, is that, um, you know, a guess, you know, whom the Lord makes free is free indeed. Amen. God makes us free. Okay. He saves us from that, but he doesn't make you free to go and sin. So I hope you understand that you, you've been set free. Um, and now you have freedom, but the free, but it is not freedom without restraint or restriction. Okay. A lot of times we, um, especially in this world, um, freedom gets, um, made synonymous um with um with the lack of rules or guidelines meaning it's completely open and you do what you want to do well that that's not no um that's freedom with <clears throat> that's freedom with no restraint with no no limits god doesn't give you that god doesn't give you god doesn't give you blanket freedom that has no guidelines no restraint no nothing that that's not from god okay you need to understand that the other thing that you need to um, understand, the other thing um, that you need to understand is that um, is that in addition to God not giving you and me freedom that um, a freedom that doesn't that is devoid of any type of rules or guidelines and or whatnot, you need to be on your p's and q's and be and have your eyes open. Um, Bible says, watch and pray. It's what Jesus told us to do, lest ye enter into temptation. You need to be watching and praying because the enemy loves to try to hijack the things that God does. And one of the things that the enemy will try to do is hijack your freedom. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. See, sometimes when we say something like that or things similar to that, it would be easy to think that what we mean is, is that the enemy is trying to take away your freedom in that 
in that in the sense of the complete removal of freedom and the restricting okay um tying you down that sort of thing okay so it'd be easy to think like that but the enemy is very subtle and very crafty and many times it doesn't uh, off it doesn't work like that you understand the the enemy tries to hijack your freedom by way of by way of getting you watch watch, watch it by way of getting you <clears throat> to go too far in your freedom and then God got to shut you down. See the devil know that he can't he he can't he can't just do what he want to do, okay? The, to to you. And he you know, he can't just do that, okay? The 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 he any and every whim that the devil comes up with, he can't just 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 do all of that. He can't just take your blessings and take the things that God has done. No, he does he, and he knows that. But he is also been at this long enough to have figured out and has figured out that while no he cannot confiscate and just take away the things that god have blessed you with you and i can forfeit those things and so many of the tactics that the enemy will use will be designed to trick you or to get you into operating in a fashion that will cause you to forfeit what God has for you. So in the area of freedom, man, God has set us in a large place, large ter territory or large our path beneath our beneath our feet. So God has given us um, has given us freedom. Well, what the enemy wants you to do is, is that he wants you to take a, a world overlay. Okay. Of a world concept of freedom and apply it to what you have received in the spirit. Okay. What, and, 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 and when he does that, it's for the purpose of getting you usually to get you and I thinking that anything goes, I'm free now and I can do whatever. So what the enemy will try to do is he'll try to trick you into misusing your freedom. So you start bringing in things that are not holy. You start acting in a way that is not holy. You start doing things that's contrary to the will of God, the way of God. You start promoting that. You start encouraging others to do the same thing and so on and so forth. And what happens is, is that you start bringing in uh, more and more of the world and you start and, and you kind of justify that um, or try to smooth that under the banner of I've been I'm, I've been made free. I'm not under the law or I'm not I'm not under under bondage. You got to understand that being free. OK, amen. And 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 not being under the law, the Mosaic law. OK, does not mean you are not under any laws. You are definitely under laws. You understand what I'm saying? See, the Bible says we know, therefore, in the book of Timothy, it tells us that the law is good if it what be used lawfully. Amen. Amen. So so the, so for us Christians, the enemy loves to do things to help promote the ideology that any and any anytime somebody say no or try to give you some guidelines or whatnot, that they're that they're trying to cramp your style and they're trying to limit your faith and all this other kind of stuff and have you doing, you know, and they're trying to keep you from, you know, from doing this, that and the other and making it all bondage and restrictive and and putting the law on. No, 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 no. You understand we are not under the law for the purpose of salvation. Okay. That is, we, we don't, we don't need, we don't, we're not using the law in order to be saved. And this is what he saved you. This is what, this is, this is one of the benefits that we got in Jesus Christ. Amen. When he went and paid it all because he fulfilled the law, Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law. He fulfilled all of that different stuff. Amen. Well, what was the purpose of him fulfilling that law? 
Amen. Well, before that, the purpose salvation was only was only available through the law. In other words, you needed to keep the law in order to be saved. But the problem was, was that nobody could because nobody was perfect. Well, fast forward to Jesus Christ. Well, he is perfect, right? Because he's God almighty. So he brings with him the perfection, right? And he is able to do what nobody else does. What? He is able to keep the law. So he satisfies the requirements of the law, the requirement of salvation to be administered or to be granted on the basis of the keeping or the adherence to the law. Now, none of us could do that, but Jesus did. Let me say that again. None of us could do that, but Jesus did. So Jesus fulfilled those requirements. Amen. Now that those requirements are, are fulfilled, you got to understand the law didn't lose its place or anything like that or become just null and void in, in every way. No, 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 no. What happened was, was that the, 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 the necessity of keeping the law in order to be saved, that requirement was fulfilled. Now we still have need of the law, brothers and sisters, but we need it for a different purpose. Not for the purpose of salvation, amen, but we need it for the purpose of getting along with God and one another because what the law does, the law was our schoolmaster, amen, man is our guide, so to speak, bringing us to Christ, amen, bringing us in alignment with Christ or the behavior that is accepted by Christ or God Almighty, amen. You understand? Hopefully, hopefully this well, as I'm explaining this, this is making more sense. Or if you had not known this, and if you have known this, then my prayer is, is that this is reconfirming some things that you have all that you have already known. Jesus Christ fulfilled the law, and we no longer need to adhere to it for the purpose of trying to gain salvation. That is not the purpose of the law now. Okay. Now the purpose of the law is to teach you the likes and dislikes of God, teach you how to get along with God and get along with fellow. You got to understand the law taught you what is, was acceptable to God and what's not acceptable. What's going to fly. What's not going to fly. What God likes, what God don't like. Do you, you, you get what I'm saying? Just because the, the fulfillment of the law, the, um, has already taken place in the Lord Jesus Christ, the fulfillment um, of the law in the area of the need for of, of gaining salvation because you needed to keep the law or whatnot. Nobody else could except for Jesus Christ. Okay. Amen. Now, but now that that's done or, or, or whatnot, well, the law is what told you the law of God is what formally told you. Now the law, obviously, you know, um, go, you know, it predates the law because God wrote that on our heart. But, but we just talk about from the purpose of when it was ratified, when it was put into, when God wrote it on stone tablets. Okay. And all of those different things. So he ratified it, basically put it into formal effect. If you, if you will formalize that. Okay. Now we know, we, we know that God, guess what? God don't like murderers. God don't like adulterers. God don't, don't like thieves and, and all the lot like that. He don't like the, he don't like the children being disobedient to parents or whatever else is, regardless of the age of the child. Amen. A lot of people get messed that up when the Bible talking about, you know, honor your mother and father or whatnot. You think that's talking about just little kids? No, that means as long as your mom and dad is here, I don't care. I, mean, I, don't, I, you know, I don't care if you're 20,000 years old. If your mom and dad is still here, you're supposed to be honored. You understand that? So that, 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 that got every age group. OK, that has everybody there. But now listen, li listen up. Now, the law 
these things. Now, Jesus Christ fulfilled the law and netted for us salvation. Amen. Amen. Salvation that would no longer be obtainable or by, you know what I'm saying, that was no longer obtainable <clears throat> strictly by keeping the law. Because nobody, because of our sin nature, we're unable to do that. We're unable to get salvation for ourselves keeping the law because of our sinful nature. But he opened up another path. Amen. The avenue of faith. Through You, you hear what I'm saying? Amen. The avenue of grace. Amen. He opened up another way for us to be able to get to get salvation. But now guess what? Even though now the salvation is by grace through faith. Amen. Ephesians teaches us that. All right. Even though that is the case, brothers and sisters, that salvation is by grace through faith. No one earns it. OK, it's a gift. God gives it. Amen. Even though that is the case. Just because now there's a new way for salvation, that doesn't mean that the Lord is now all of a sudden cool with murderers and adulterers and the disobedient and the thieves. Are, are you getting it? Are you, are you, tell me you catching it. Tell me you catching it. I'm, I'm going to assume that you're catching it right now, that that mind that God has given you, you are putting it to use and you are catching it. Just because you are saved now by grace through faith, okay? It does not, that didn't null and void God's likes and dis dislikes as revealed by the law. That's still the same. That's still the same. And this is what I mean when I tell you, yeah, you still need the law. You need it in order to learn how to get in long and walk in unity with, because it teaches you what God likes and dislikes. That's how you know. That's how you know. <laughs> Paul said, I had not known sin. Until the law came. In other words, I didn't even know what was right and wrong until the law. I, in other words, I did not know what God approved of or disproved of until the law. So please, ma'am, please, sir. You know, you know, those who, who try to give you that cockamamie story that try to make it seem like, oh, you know what? I don't, I'm not under the law. And they try to use that to justify living in sin and doing. Listen, that ain't nothing but the devil. That ain't nothing but the devil trying to get that person and hopefully get you to start misusing your freedom and start operating in a way that God does not approve of after you've been saved. You get what I'm saying? By making it seem like the world is your oyster and you can do. No, freedom doesn't mean the lack of guidelines and restraint. Freedom comes with the price tag of responsibility with freedom from God comes responsibility and the devil knows it so he works hard to try to make it appear as though freedom is the lack of responsibility therefore you and I we can act any way that we want and he does that because he knows that if we bite that nasty rusty hook and start acting any kind of way then guess what he knows that it, he don't have to take our blessings from us 
we will forfeit them. Why? Because God is holy and he is not mocked. And he's not going to let you continue to walk and be blessed and all this kind of stuff. All the while you're living in sin. All the while I'm living in sin. In other words, we, gonna, we shoot ourselves in the foot. We poison ourselves with ourselves. <laughs> we are our own lethal injection, our own foolishness. And the devil knows that. So that's why the devil works really hard to get you and I to misuse our freedoms. But brothers and sisters, as wonderful as a segue as that is, um, we are in back in uh, Jeremiah. Now we are moving into our second phase. Now, what we have been talking about, brothers and sisters, um, we've been in Jeremiah chapter 36 and we looked at verses one um, through through seven and the culmination of all of this. Amen. Um, the culmination of all of, of, of all of this, um, is, is really, is really that Jeremiah is in, in a nutshell was in prison. Amen. And, um, and God comes with not a message of, of personal deliverance for him, but a message of, uh, you know, a, me a message for the people that if they would adhere to it, if they would, would, would recognize what was going on, <clears throat> they could, they could avoid some problems that's on that's on the way. Okay. So God showed up to Jeremiah while Jeremiah's in prison with a word of possible deliverance for the people if they would obey, not deliverance for Jeremiah himself. Now, Jeremiah would be delivered eventually. Amen. But when God showed up at this time, he showed up with an assignment, not with deliverance. Amen. And sometimes, brothers and sisters, I've said it before, I'll say it again um, very quickly or whatnot. When you're working for the Lord and you're going through trials and tribulations or whatnot, you got to understand that sometimes like like a like a player on a, uh, you know, on a professional team, sometimes you got to play while hurt. Sometimes you got to operate when you're not in the best of your condition. Sometimes you, you uh, those of you who have jobs, amen, you know what it's like to have to go to work even when you're sick. You get, you get what I'm saying. Something you can't always just take off. You can't always do things the way that you want. Sometimes you got to get in the game. You got to, even when, you know what I'm saying, even when you're not feeling the game. When you, when you, you feel everything but the game, you, you're tired and all kinds of different things and maybe unwell physically or whatnot, but you got to get in there and do it. Well, being a Christian soldier, amen, is the same thing. Amen. The Bible tells us this way that we have to endure hardship like a good soldier. Amen. Because following the Lord and walking, being saved means that you are going to have to follow him during the times where you really want to just kind of sit down and nurse your wounds because maybe some things have happened in your life that you don't, you know, that have really rocked you or bothered you or, or, or really caused a problem. Yet God at times, even with those things, it doesn't, it doesn't, your, your work doesn't stop. God will still many times find a way to make use of what he's given you and what he's put in you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Even in the middle of the fire. Amen. Amen. And it's hard at times when you in the fire and the Lord's while you in the fire, the Lord <laughs> don't send you a word that about your deliverance from the fire, but instead send you a word to deliver something that's going to deliver somebody else out of their fire. Well, you have to know in that moment that God has that God has not forgotten you and that if God would take the time to give you to give you an assignment, 
that God has already taken the time to give you what you need in order to carry out that assignment. He know that you've hurt. He know what you're going through. And you need to understand God's going to give you something if you push forward and do what he tells you to do. So I want to encourage you to I want to encourage you to do that. That's what happened with 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 Jeremiah. So he writes the words that the Lord that the Lord gives him and he writes them on the roll of a book. You already know now that obviously they didn't have books in the form that we have today. It was on a scroll. So that's what they, what they did that he wrote it on a scroll. Amen. And, and Jeremiah being in prison, you know, he was given, you know, he was given commandments to take it and to read it before the people and all of these things. Right. Well, here's the problem with that. Well, Jeremiah couldn't do that. So Jeremiah had to make use of a, of a, a scribe, amen, a, a, um, a brother by the name of Baruch, or ba um, um, Baruch, okay, Baruch, you can call it that as well, or pronounce it that way, okay, and Baruch, um, the Bible tells us that as Jeremiah received the word, he dictated it to Baruch, and Baruch wrote it all down, okay, and then Jeremiah sent Baruch in his stead, okay, he sent him in his stead. Look at Jeremiah 36. Look at verse number five. And Jeremiah commanded Baruch saying, I am shut up. I cannot go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Therefore, go thou and read in the roll, which thou hast written from my mouth, the words of the Lord in the ears of the people in the Lord's house upon the fasting day. And also thou shalt read them in the ears of all Judah that come out of their cities. Now, let's take that. Let's take that apart. Amen. Let's take that apart. This, 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 this aspect of it. This look, this is the 11th uh, lesson. Amen. Um, and, um, and we are actually going to begin a second phase. We, we, of, of this particular chapter of Jeremiah, by that, I mean, we are going to move to another scripture set within the 36th chapter. Um, but before I do that, before we officially start that second phase, let's wrap this thing up with verses number five, um, and verse, um, and, and verse number, number six, we might throw a little bit of verse four in Jeremiah chapter 36 in for, um, good good measure. Now, now the thing that I want to call your attention to brothers and sisters here is, is, is that Jeremiah has got work to do that he himself is unable to do. Amen. He is unable to do this himself. Now, have circumstances been different than Jeremiah, Jeremiah has proven to be quite faithful. So if you go back and you read um, Jeremiah, um, and starting at verse, uh, chapter one, and you keep going, then, then a case can be built for the faithfulness of Jeremiah. You're going to see a quite a bit of Jeremiah receiving instruction and then him carrying out those instruction. Let me pause for just a moment. What is your track record like when it comes to God? I want you to think about that. Okay. God uses us in so many or desires to use us in so many different circumstances and in so many different situations. What has what what what's your track record? Are you saying are you saying more no to God than you are saying yes? Amen. Are you ducking and dodging every opportunity that comes your way in order to be a blessing in the house of the Lord? Maybe someone comes and opens the door for you to be able to do something and to participate in some in, in ministry in some sort of way. Are you saying no to everything? 
or are you making good use of the opportunities that God has given you? Is it fear that keeps you from saying yes? Maybe you're worried. Maybe you're concerned. Are you going to be able to do that? And in that moment, the, the enemy starts fanning the, the flame of fear so high that you almost go into a nervous breakdown. And and it's all that you can do to say, to just say no. So you can get out of there and you can stop hyperventilating and you can just just breathe again. Well, let me let me give you a spiritual inhaler right now and help you calm down. Listen, listen, listen. Those whom God calls, he equips. So when God opened the door for you, for you to be able to minister, Bible says that a man's gift will make room for him and seat him among kings and princes. When God calls you, brother or sister, um, to do something, whatever that thing is, and God will call you to do what is in the respective roles that he has given us as men and women. Amen. God's got roles and tasks for men. God's got roles and tasks for women. This is just the way that it is. It's in the scripture. You can find all that stuff. But when God give you an assignment, brother and sister, whatever that assignment is that God give you. So first couple things you need to understand about the assignment of God. God not going to assign you something that he don't assign you. Uh-oh, Brother Walker, what does that mean? That means that you got to understand there are some things, some roles, some things in the word that are assigned based off of God's preference, divine prayer. It has nothing to do with ability, talent, skill, none of that. It is divine choosing. God has desired, said, this is what I'm doing, and that's exactly what it is. Amen. Amen. He says, this is the way I want that to be. Amen. And this is the way that it's going to stay. Now, it don't matter how many times we try to upset the balance and change the rules and start doing stuff or whatever else it is. So first and foremost, you need to understand is, is that um, you need to identify, did God tell you to do this? Did God tell you to do that? Now, I'm going to tell you something. If God, God will never contradict his word. So the first thing, first test that you can use is, is are you getting ready to do something that has never been done in the scripture? That's the first thing. And I'm going to tell you right now, if the answer is yes, don't do it. If you're getting ready to pioneer something new in the, you know, using the scripture, then don't do it. You understand? Now, let me explain something to you. That don't mean, listen, that don't mean that what it is you're doing won't be new to you. But if it's new altogether, as in has not been, you know, you, you won't see that done. Don't you be the one to do that. Okay. Amen. Amen. So if so, you need to understand if listen, if you getting ready to take a, a, on a role, amen, you need you ought to be researching that role and find out who does God call to that role? Who has God called to that role? And it need to be and listen and, the, and it need to be based on the scripture. It need to be backed up and it need to be clear. Do you understand if God didn't call you to a role or to do something or whatever else it is? Don't you do it. God is very, God don't like that. God does, when, when you take on roles that he have not assigned you, God got a serious problem with that. Saul did it and Uzzai did it. And it proved disastrous. Disastrous. Didn't want to just stay in the role of the king. Wanted to move into the role of the prophet or the priest. And, all, and man, don't do it. You can look it up for yourself. King Saul, amen. 
Zai, he gonna sacrifice on. He ain't waiting on Samuel no more. He ain't doing none of that. Uzai, he ain't gonna. He, he, he get beside himself. Now all of a sudden he gonna do all. No, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Stepping in the role, stepping where you ain't supposed to. Ain't that what Miriam did? Tried to do mur murmuring against Moses. <laughs> Man, don't do that. So that's the first thing. Don't. Th the first thing is is that when God calls you to do something, it's not gonna contradict this word. Okay. So that's the first number one thing. It won't be some if it, if it ain't in the word, He ain't told you to do it. So I'm telling you that right now. If it's not in the word, he did not tell you to do it. He did not tell you to do it. And if you say you're doing it, he told you you are a liar. He did not tell you to do that. God does not contradict his word. He will not go against his word. He will not overwrite his word. He will not undo his word. His word is set and it is settled. That is it. And God will not do anything that contradicts his word. So when you come up and I come up with stuff that go different, that go against the grain or whatever else it is, no, 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 no. You need to understand something. That's a new grain. That 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 that's that's some stuff we don't come up with. That's not what we're gone. So that's the first thing that you need to know. All right. Is, is make sure that first and foremost, make sure that you are doing what or you're getting ready to embark on 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 a on a on a task that is actually been assigned by God. Now, the second thing that you need to understand is, is this, is that God will give you the strength. God will not call you to something and not equip you to be able to succeed at it. It won't, it just will not happen, no matter what. Now, success might take on a different form that you expected as it did here with Jeremiah. He told Jeremiah to take this stuff and, you know, to take these words down, right, and give these words to the people. But here was the circumstance. Jeremiah was a prisoner and could not just go. Amen. Notice number five. And what did he say? And Jeremiah commanded Baruch saying, I am what? Shut up. And I cannot go into the house of the Lord. Now, the house of the Lord was where these things, for the most part, were supposed to be carried out. That was exactly the place that Jeremiah did not have the freedom to go. You hear what I'm saying? But yet Jeremiah, so Jeremiah had to operate and to work within the ability that God gave him in order to get it done. So he couldn't go, but Baruch could. So Jeremiah had to make use of that scribe in order to carry out the task of God. See, listen, when God call you to do something or tell you to do something, he's going to make a way or put the right people in the way in order for you to get the job done. Amen. 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 So stop overthinking it. And if the fear and all that kind of stuff is starting to get to you, listen, God have not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Amen. Amen. Listen, it might be a little nerve wracking and all that kind of stuff at first because you haven't because you haven't done before. But guess what? It's been done before. And God has and therefore there is a track record that God gets it done and God's going to get it done through you if you will obey and follow him, not your own whim, but follow him. Amen.
Amen. We're continuing on with this. We're just going to bring out some things that's in verse number five and six or whatnot. And then when we then when we move on to our next phase, we are going to enter into um, still in 36, but we're going to uh, move down to verses 21 through 25. Amen. Those four those four verses, if you will. So so we're not there yet. We're just going to wrap up. We're wrapping up five and six. Amen. Um, we're still going to be talking about, you know, uh, a dent, you know, uh, addendums to our life story, because there's a lot more to be said on that, but amen for all intents and purposes or, or whatnot, we'll, we'll, we'll begin, um, verses, um, as I said, 21 through 25 in Jeremiah chapter 36 at a later time, but let's, let's continue on with five and six. So Jeremiah tells us in, in number five, he lets it be known. Okay. He says, listen, I, I listen, I, he says, he, he, he says, I, I, I'm shut up. And I cannot go into the house of the Lord. I, I, I'm, I'm shut up and I cannot go into the house of the Lord. Now watch this. Now the task that Jeremiah was going was tasked with, amen, amen, amen. This was to be carried out in a particular in a particular way. Look at verse number two. Take thee a roll of a book and write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel and against Judah and against all the nation from the day that I spake unto thee from the days of Josiah even unto this day. Amen. It may be. Amen. It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil, which I purpose to do unto them, that they may return everyone from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity. Amen. 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 Notice what he says there. Okay. He says, listen, it may be that all of the, he said, uh, that the house of Judah, amen. He says, it may be that the house of Judah will hear of the words. So right there, he's telling you right now that the words that the Lord gave to, 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 to Jeremiah, these were words that were meant to be spoken to the people. So we know right now that Jer that from that jo Jeremiah had a task to give that to the people. In other words, he wasn't having them just write it just to be writing it. Okay. God doesn't waste time. No, he, 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 he he wanted him to write that down for the purpose of it to be to be read. Now you'd understand in this time, where would the books and things like that be read? Well, it would be read um, as the instructions that Jeremiah would give to um, Baruch. Amen. What did he tell him? He said, "Go thou and read the roll which thou hast written from my mouth, the words of the Lord in the ears of the people in what the Lord's house." So Jeremiah said, okay, listen, I got a word from the Lord and there's a word that needs to go to the people. Amen. So what did Jer Jeremiah then do? Because Jeremiah couldn't give it to the people. Jeremiah, Jeremiah had to think, okay, where am I going to have the most access? How am I going to, you know, what, what's going to be the most effective spot? If I got this word and I got to give it, where it's going, what, where is the, what's the most effective way to get this, where I can maximize getting this word to the most amount of people or getting it to the people? Because remember, Jeremiah's responsibility, the purpose of him writing that down, it was for the people. So the people needed to hear. So this, so that necessitated that Jeremiah operate in a way or give it in a fashion that allowed him to cover the most territory or reach the most people. 
Amen. Well, there were certain times where the people would congregate and they would collect. And on the Lord's Day, that was one of them. So when Jeremiah gives Baruch the instruction, Jeremiah instructs Baruch, okay, in a way that's going to allow him to maximize his coverage. In other words, he can cast the widest net. Amen. Amen. Be the most effective and the most helpful and beneficial to the most to the to the majority of people or to as many people as he could. So Jeremiah has to he's in prison. And he has to think. Through this, 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 this conundrum, this, this problem that he got, I got to get this word out, but I can't get it out. So I'm going to have to make use of somebody else. Let's stop here. Let's pause. Some Listen, brothers and sisters. Some of you have a task. That is bigger than just you. And if you will wait on God. And if you will follow God, God will show you who to partner with in order to get the job done. There are times where God will give you a thing and you don't have to involve anybody else. Just you can do it. But there are times where God gives tasks where you are meant to work with your brother and sister. And I want to segue here to tell somebody that for some of you, the reason why you are unsuccessful in the kingdom is, is because you overtly or covertly operate in a bit of pride in that you don't want to let anybody else in on it. You don't want to let anybody else help you. Even when you need help. And you and it's time to let that go. That's trash. It's time to get your ego out of the way. Because your ego is causing you to step in the way. You're in the way now. When God gives you an assignment, guess what? God allows you, listen, many times when God gives you an assignment, there is room for creativity. Now, you can't change the message and you can't go do, do things that are contrary to the word of God. You can't do that kind of stuff. But you are free to use that mind that God has given you, that good head on your shoulder that God has given you in order to think through some of the aspects or the logistics of carrying out the word and the will of God. And you gonna listen, and you've got to learn when to employ the help of your brother and sister. Some of you want so, want so much want the glory for yourself that you won't involve your brothers and sisters, even though they're better at something than what you are. But you don't want to involve them because you want the glory for yourself. Well, the glory belongs to the Lord. So why are you letting the devil trick you into that foolish type of thinking? If this is God's work, it's his will, it's, it's by his permission that we live, we move, we breathe and everything. But some of you want to be so impressive to your leadership when your leadership is not God. They ain't got no heaven 
or no hell to put you in. But all your moves is centered around impressing them. Why don't you try to impress Jesus instead of trying to impress your pastor or your sub-pastor or whatever else you call it? Why don't you follow Jesus on the strength that he called you? But instead, you're jockeying for position. You want to be seen by your leadership. You want to be puff, puffed up and put on a pedestal. So you're willing to let progress completely tank. If for one moment, you got to share the spotlight. It ain't your spotlight. It belong to God. It belong to God. And it's a privilege and an honor to be able to work on behalf of the Lord. But don't think for one moment, just because he's making use of you, that it's all about you. It ain't got nothing to do with you. God's mercy and grace. And if you want to get down to it, you don't deserve that chance. I don't deserve that chance. So why am I going to misuse that chance and try to make this thing all about me just so I can freeze out and keep out my brother and sister? Why? Because I won't pass the so-and-so. I won't sister so-and-so. I won't brother so-and-so to see me. Don't nobody care about them. And their opinion on divine things on what God told you to do. Who are they? I'm not trying to, I'm listen, we're not, we're not, we're not teaching a doctrine trying to teach you to disrespect leadership and all that kind of stuff. No, if it's good leadership and also, no, we're not trying to do, we're not, no, no, you give honor to whom honor is due. That, that's good enough. But what I'm telling you is don't overdo it. Stop putting people on a pedestal so much that you're willing to let progress tank because you want to be seen. You won't ask for help. You won't get nobody else or knowing you need help. Don't do that. Don't do that. Jeremiah had a task to do. And guess what? He could not do it the way he wanted to. So he had to get creative. He had to use the resources that were available to him. Resources that were available in his brother. Are you seeing it now? I hope, hopefully you're getting it. Hopefully you're getting it. Hopefully you are. Because this is extremely important. Jeremiah's got a task that he's got to rely on his brother in order to do. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah calls Baruch and, and, to, and to have Baruch do it. Now, also, because remember, we're just picking this thing apart. Notice what happens here. In verse number five, Jeremiah commanded Baruch saying, I am shut up. I cannot go into the house of the Lord. Now, when you get to verse number six, watch this. Verse number six, he says, therefore, go thou. And read in the roll, which thou hast written from my mouth, the words of the Lord in the ears of the people. Now watch this right there. Jeremiah has to use other people. But listen, when God gives you a task or a role, and it becomes necessary to involve your brother and sister, you need to understand you are still responsible for making sure that everything adheres to the specifications that God gave you. In other words, yes, I told you a little bit before, God allows you room to, 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 to exercise your creativity and to think outside the box in certain things. That's for certain places and certain cases. That's not all the time. 
And it does not apply in the case of when it comes, when you're getting ready to, when doing so, it's going to cause you to change the word of God or change what the instruction of God. You don't know. Not in that sense. Not in that sense. See, carrying out God's word should never require you to change God's word. If carrying out God's word requires you to change God's word, you're doing too much. You are going too far, ma'am, sir. We're making it plain. So Jeremiah has to make use of Baruch. But guess what? He couldn't allow Baruch to go free for him. He couldn't allow him to go freestyle. So what you're looking at in verse number six, you hear Jeremiah giving Baruch the guidelines, brothers and sisters. When you have to work with your brothers and sisters and God has given it to you, listen, God is expecting you. Think of yourself almost as a foreman, okay? You got the plan laid out and it's your responsibility to make sure that those who are working underneath you or working alongside you, that they're map that listen, that they are that they're mapping to the same blueprint, that they are not doing something different or coming with their own thing. Notice the language in verse number six. Therefore, go thou and read in the roll. Watch this, which thou has written from my mouth. Guess what? Notice the language right here. The words of the Lord. He didn't say the words of Jeremiah. He didn't say go read for them and tell them the stuff that I want you to do. No, he said the words of the Lord. That's restriction. That's restraint. That's guidelines. Jeremiah could not get to the house of the Lord. He needed to send somebody else in his stead. So Jeremiah, in using this, it became important to make sure that whoever he sent adhered to strictly what God gave. You hear, are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? He's got to use somebody else. But doing so brings another layer of responsibility. You got to make sure that that person ain't going free form and going freestyle. They got to stick to the blueprint, follow the plan. Amen. Amen. He said, I'm, he says, I'm shut up and I cannot go into the house of the Lord. Now, I want you to notice something. Jeremiah's got a task to carry out the Lord's business, right? But he can't make it to the house of the Lord. But just because Jeremiah couldn't make it to the house of the Lord, didn't absolve him from carrying out the Lord's business. Let me segue right here because somebody need to hear this. Somebody need to hear this. God, there are times where you will not be able to make it to church. That's going to happen from time to time. Sometimes you're going to be sick and it is not God's will. And God ain't calling you to be all you up there, got the plague or whatever else is going on. And you just going to push your way and make everybody else sick. Man, sit down at home. Ma'am, stay at home. Take your day quail or your night quail or whatever else it is and take your medicine. Go to the doctor. Do what you need to do. God, listen, God, listen, trust me. That is why the kingdom has redundancy. What, what, what do you mean by that, Brother Walker? Well, not everybody. Listen, there are multiple people who have the same gifting. Amen. If you're a teacher, there are other teachers. If you're singing, there are other singers. If you're this, there are others of that. There is redundancy. There's God got a backup. 
So please stop treating ministry as if you're the go-to player, as if you're the, the, you're the, star, you're the star of the team, you're the MVP. No, 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 you're not. No, you're not. You are but one of many crewmen that God can make use of. And guess what? It ain't going to stop and tank because you can't be there because you're sick. Take the time that you need to get well. It's okay. You understand that? This is the areas where being able, technology, you're able to stream lessons and, and sermons and, serve and that kind of stuff. Make sure you're streaming the right stuff. But feed your spiritual man while your natural man is recuperating. This is the good time to make use of those. This is what that's for. That's a good use of technology and one that I believe and I know that God is pleased with. You understand? Because you're using it the right way. That's what it's for. This is when you want, when you can't make it to the house of the Lord. This is now you want to stream. That's when you want to do all that kind of stuff. But listen, take the time to get your body right. Get well. Do you hear what I'm saying? Get well. There's nothing wrong with that. So there will be times or there'll be times you might be traveling. There will be situations that come up at time from time to time where you cannot be in the house of the Lord the way you want to. You won't be able to be there like that. But brothers and sisters, just because you cannot make it to the house of the Lord for one reason or another, that does not negate the assignment that you have or the calling that you are a child of God. You represent the kingdom no matter where you are. You represent God. You cannot act all willy-nilly and do whatever it is that you want and misrepresent the kingdom. No, you also don't get to take a day off from being a Christian. Maybe you're not there because your family's on vacation or you're on an anniversary, you're this, that, another. That's fine and good, but you can't be unholy. You can't get out there getting crazy. You don't, you don't, listen, no matter where we are in the world, we don't take a day off from being God's call. We, we, we don't. We still represent his interest no matter where we are. So we are always responsible for making sure that we carry ourselves in the correct fashion. And remember, the purpose is not to bring shame on God when you're not, when you can't be there. Now, I want you to understand something. Jeremiah wasn't at church because he couldn't be there, not because he didn't want to be there. Let me segue into that. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Amen. We learn this in Hebrews. Amen. Amen. There will be natural times when you cannot make it to church. And God understand that. Maybe you, listen, from time, maybe you don't, you don't work triple, dipple, double, quadruple shift. And you just, man, you dead. God understand that. Stream the service. God understand that. That's better than having you out there unawake, swerving on the street. You ain't even drunk. You just sleeping. That's better than having you out there being reckless. God, listen, God ain't putting you under bondage and all that other kind of stuff. But it's something totally different when you can make it to the house of the Lord, but you're choosing to not go. Don't do that. He said, don't forsake the yourself, forsaking not the assembling of yourself. Don't neglect to do that. Don't choose to not do that is what that is talking about. It's not talking about the times when you can't do it legitimately. It's talking about you purposely choosing to not do that. Don't do that. Don't let that be you. Do you understand? 
Don't go purposely making up in, you know, scenarios that keep you out of church and keep you from doing what the Lord would have you. Don't do that. Ma'am, sir, don't do that. Jeremiah wasn't at church because he was, listen, he was literally locked up. He was literally in a position where he couldn't. Save not going for to church for the times where you legitimately can't make it. Maybe I'm sick, I'm out of town or something like that. And I got to go, that's legitimate. But don't go around, be, be like, you know what? I'm mad at pastor so-and-so. I'm frustrated sister so-and-so. You know what? I don't like these, this, that, and the other, whatever it is. Or I'm, I'm just ain't going, I want to do my, I'm, I ain't going to church. I'm, no, 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 stop that. That's trash. Stop all that. Stop all of that. You are choosing to not go for the wrong reason. And you are disobeying the word of God. Don't do that. Don't do that. You got to get people out the equation and stop basing your going and your doing on people. People will let you down. Because they're human. And they're imperfect. They don't get everything right. But a man or a woman's humanity is not doesn't justify the mindset of I'm going to forsake the assembly of myself. I'm going to forsake church. No. Now, you need to be in the right church that's preaching the word of God, an uncompromising gospel. I'm not telling you to go be in church for the sake of being in church. I don't want you to be in the wrong church. But you ought to be going and let the God Lord lead you to the right church. You ought to be going and, 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 and going and let God show you where to go because there are some things that cannot take place unless you're in the house of God. So you need to be there. Some things can take place and be done outside, but physically gathering, some can't. You need them both. It's a balance. It's a balance. Amen. Baruch, Je Jeremiah couldn't get there, so he needed Baruch to go. His Bible, he tells Baruch, he said, I want you to read these words. Remember, he gave him a guideline. He didn't let Baruch go freestyle. It was important. Jeremiah couldn't do that, couldn't do it. But he had to make sure that who he sent was going to adhere exactly to what the Lord gave. Listen, when God gives you a plan and God gives you something to do, don't let people talk you out of doing it the way God told you to do it. Stop giving people that much authority. If God gave it to you, God is expecting you to adhere to it. Don't let people with their big ideas and a big this, because they might be coming in the wrong spirit and they're not trying to enhance nothing. All they're trying to do is take over. That's why you got to be led with who, who to led when it comes to selecting people to work with or who you're going to share the vision with or who you're going to employ. Because you can't give it to it. You can't share it with everybody. Some people try to hijack the vision and turn it into to something that's crazy. Amen. God put you in charge of something, give you something, act like it, be in charge. Don't be no tyrant. Don't be ridiculous. Don't be rude, but to be in charge. Insist on compliance. Not with your way, God's way. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
He told him to read it in the ears of, of the people in the Lord's house upon the fasting day. So we know he's got to go to church wherever else. Now watch this. Is and also thou shalt read them in the ears of all Judah that come out of their cities. So not just the folks in church. You're going to you, get a wide net there. But he said, but I want you to read in those that come out of the city. So you're going to catch the people on their way. That's the highways and the byways. That's that. Listen, the word of God. Listen, the word of God. Stop. You stop selecting who the word of God is for and let God show you. The gifting that God has given you is not meant just for is not always just meant for the body of Christ. Some things are for that. But the goodness of God and the mission of God and the word of God, that's for everybody. There are certain tasks that are that need to be carried out specifically in the house of God. But your faith and your testimony and those sorts of things, that's not restricted to just the, the house of God. You're supposed to be taking that everywhere. Sharing it with everyone that you can. He didn't allow Baruch to pay to play favorites. Baruch had to give it to everybody. <clears throat> had to give it to everybody that God designated. Jeremiah, if he could, he would have been doing it himself. But he couldn't. So he had to make use of his brother. But he had to insist on compliance, making sure that it was orderly, that it was in fashion and that it's according and that exactly what God wanted done was the thing that was going to be done. He had to do that. The same goes true or rings true for us as well. Amen. 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 And finally. Verse number seven says, it may be, Jeremiah is talking to, to Baruch now, giving him reason. Because maybe, maybe Baruch had some questions of why are we going through all this? Why do all of this? What's the purpose of all this? We don't know if Baruch had that question or not, but whether he had it or not, Jeremiah certainly answered and spoke to it. Verse number seven says, it may be they will present their supplication before the Lord and will return everyone from his evil way. For great is the anger and the fury that the Lord hath pronounced against his people. I want you to notice something. <clears throat> number one, he gives him the same reason. Listen, that everyone that they will hear and that they may return from their evil way. The whole purpose was that they will return from their evil way. But I want you to notice something else. I want you to notice the way Jeremiah ended that little discourse to, to Baruch. Notice what he said. He said, for great is the anger and the fury that the Lord hath pronounced against this people. Now, <clears throat> what you're looking at here Jeremiah didn't change 
what the Lord told him to say. That's not what you're looking at right there. You're not looking at a departure or whatnot. But what you're looking at in that part is Jeremiah's assessment of the big picture. And he got it. You're looking at him. You're looking at Jeremiah's understanding. See, when Jeremiah said in verse seven, for great is the anger of the and the fury that the Lord hath pronounced against this people. Jeremiah was showing that he recognized the sense of urgency or just how dire of a state the people were in. So instead of Jeremiah looking at himself, saying something great is my bondage and me being blocked up, he didn't do any of that. That's not what he did. That's not what he did. He said, great is the anger and the fury of the, that the Lord hath pronounced against this people. In other words, he said, these people, whether they realize it or not, Baruch, are in serious trouble. You got to take this out because they are in trouble. And brothers and sisters, I want to leave you with this. When God gives you a task to do, okay, not only do you have to make sure that first and foremost, that it's according to the word, that it's authorizing. You're not doing something that God didn't tell you to do, okay? Not only do you um, secondarily need to make sure that you understand that guess what? If God calls you, God's going to give you the strength and God's going to give you the ability, everything that you need and the resource, whatever's going to be needed, whether it's to use somebody else, work with somebody else or on your own, God is going to make sure that all of that is there, brothers and sisters. Listen, he will absolutely do that. But finally, in order to do the will of God, you got to understand you are going to be doing things for people who don't deserve it, just as you didn't deserve it. And it's and it's going to be pretty hard at times to to ignore that fact. And 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 because it becomes it can become difficult to ignore, you know, <clears throat> the state that people are in, and some of it is very depraved or whatever. You're going to feel like at times that you know what I don't want to do none of this. I don't want to you know why waste my time or why why should I this that and the other. You got to have your eyes on something more you got to be able to do look at things the way the lord sees them the lord as it was often said and when i when i was growing up that god looked beyond our faults and he saw our needs jeremiah did the same thing and if you're going to be successful in carrying out the word of the lord and carrying out the will of the lord and the work of the lord you also got to allow god to allow you to see to look beyond the faults and the shortcomings and the hangups of people and to see and focus on the need. They are in trouble. And if nobody comes, what will happen to them? Sometimes to help people, you got to look past people. Especially when they are giving you all the reasons to just keep looking at them and to base all of your decisions on them, whether or not they deserve it. You're to carry out God's work. You're going to be doing this for people who don't deserve it. But you got to remember, you didn't deserve it. And God did it for you. He looked beyond your faults. He saw and met your needs. Brothers and sisters, that's all the time that we have. That sufficiently in this 11th lesson concludes verses one through seven. When we pick back up, we will be again in Jeremiah 36. Um, will be verses 21 through 25. We're gonna that that we'll still be talking about 
um, um, addendums to our life story, but this will be phase two. So we'll start over with lesson number one in that second phase. Amen. God bless you. And until next time, go ahead and end the recording here. Wow. <laughs>